Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The FT. In this week's show, we just have two topics. We take a look at how BP is getting on the Presidential Commission in Washington, D.C., and the consensus of the panel on Monday that the company did not put cost before safety in drilling the doomed Macondo well in the Gulf of Mexico. And our second topic uh, will be taking a look at the recent float of Enel Green Power and the outlook for clean energy. You're listening to Energy Weekly with me, Sylvia Pfeiffer. Joining us to discuss clean energy is Estelle Lloyd from Clean Energy Pipeline, a data provider specialising in clean technology and renewable energy. And to talk about BP, we have Sheila McNulty, our US energy correspondent, who's on the line from Houston. Um, Sheila, I wondered if we could start with BP. You've been watching a a two-day hearing by the President's National Commission in in Washington um, over the past week where we've had witnesses uh, giving testimony to the Commission about the um, Deepwater Horizon rig explosion in in April. And I I just wondered if you could maybe just give us a a quick update as to what happened or what came out of those hearings, starting with what came out on Monday, because the news there seemed to be um, certainly quite positive for BP. Right. Um, What the commission said was it did not find a single instance where a human being made a conscious decision to favor dollars to safety. So basically all the criticisms that have come out about BP cutting corners to rush the operation on on the rig, the commission is saying it didn't find any evidence that people consciously decided let's save money and press ahead. So that's definitely good news for BP. Are they preliminary findings or, or, or are, they, um, are they the sort of final findings by the commission? I just wondered whether that sort of assessment could still change. Yes, that could change. They're still in the middle of doing their investigation. This was the fourth of five public hearings, and uh, they're planning to put their final report together in January. So they're still gathering evidence and things could change. Quite good news, as you say, for, for BP, because as, as you said, they, they have been uh, accused um, quite quite strongly, I think, by, by lawmakers, if I'm right, uh, about dollars ahead of safety. Um, were they um, completely uncritical of BP in, in, in the rest of the hearings? No. On Tuesday, one of the members of the panel criticized BP, Transocean and Halliburton. All three of the companies were involved in the disastrous uh, Macondo well. The panel accused all three of them of making bad decisions, of a culture of complacency. One of them, William Riley, who's a former head of the Environmental Protection Agency and co-chairman of the commission, said there was definitely not a culture of safety on that rig, and there appeared to be a rush to completion of the well. Basically, heap criticism on all three companies. There seemed to be a bit of time pressure on on the companies, didn't there? Because they were already late in terms of drilling the well, if I'm right. And, and obviously, you know, every every day and every day when you're sort of renting renting a rig, that costs you lots of money. Right, that's right. So there definitely was pressure uh, to move ahead. Uh, what the panel was saying was they didn't like the way decisions were made in the final days, but they didn't find somebody sitting there saying let's push this ahead and put the operation at risk to save money. That was how they distinguished it. 
Bob Dudley at BP announced recently that um, he was changing the way the company was going to calculate the fourth quarter bonuses uh, for people at BP um, and, and make safety the, the only sort of parameter um, or measure um, that would be used to calculate those bonuses. So um, I just wonder, do you think that's a sort of admission that the company might have, um, if not put dollars ahead of safety, at least maybe given them equal weighting? Or, or what's he sort of trying to do there? I think he's trying to say, let's let's demonstrate to the world that we do put safety first. Let's show that it's even tied to bonuses. Interestingly enough, Exxon has a different philosophy. They don't tie safety performance to bonus because they're afraid doing so might lead to the kind of behavior they don't want where people are covering up accidents. So two different philosophies. Okay. And just to go back to the commission, uh, so we've got, um, does the commission have any powers to do anything or is it just that they are due to come up with sort of a set of recommendations for the industry in general? They've said over and over that they're not here to judge and at the end of the day say who was, who was in the wrong or who was guilty. The point of the commission is to come up with ways to improve offshore drilling. Okay. And I just finally just wonder, what, what's, the, what's the sort of mood like? I think on Monday the feeling was that indeed BP felt quite good about itself. But after the Tuesday hearing, I don't know that they can feel completely great with how things turned out from the panel because obviously telling them that they have a culture of complacency and need to reform uh, cannot be good. Great. Thanks very much, Sheila. And to our final topic for today, the float of Enel Green Power, I'm joined by Cell Lloyd from Clean Energy Pipeline, a data provider specialising in clean technology and renewable energy. Thanks for joining us today, Estelle. You've been tracking the, the global investment into the clean energy sector over the past few years. And I, I just wondered, given that Enel had to price the float of Enel Green Power at the bottom of, of, of the range recently, whether you could explain you know, why they had to do that and, and what the appetite of investors has been recently in, in, in the clean technology sector. Just to put the IPO in perspective of the market, we tracked about 13 IPOs completed in the second quarter of 2010 for an aggregate amount of $2.1 billion. It is twice the amount that we had found in the second quarter of 2010, but still significantly lower than the $12 billion that we attract for the fourth quarter of 2007, which was definitely the peak of the market. Looking at the clean energy indices over the past six months, they have consistently underperformed the FTSE 100 and the NASDAQ. And if, in fact, you look at the wind indices, you will see that those have been the ones that have performed the worst. And if you now look at NL, we found that despite having a strong presence across several clean energy sectors, such as geothermal, solar, and definitely hydroelectric, uh, 41% of NL's installed capacity currently is in wind power. And most importantly, the bulk of their plant growth is in wind power as well. And wind power is really where the subsidies are important and are, in fact, increasingly uncertain. How do the subsidies work on wind power? I mean, do, do the power generators, they get paid more, don't they, for producing electricity from wind? Is, is that how they work very simply? Yes, I mean, very simply, that's correct. Um, each country, global economy around the world has got a different program in place, but it is essentially a, a feed-in tariff program, certainly in most of the European countries. The wind sector has been also affected by concern over supply of wind turbines in the market in the last year. And in fact, if you look at the 
performance of certain uh, wind turbine, the large wind turbine manufacturers like uh, Gamesa or Vesta. Gamesa's stock price went from about $20 about a year ago to approximately $7 today. And Vesta's, which is a large uh, turbine manufacturer based in Denmark, the lead, one of the leading wind turbine manufacturers, their stock price has gone from $25 about a year ago to just above $10 today. Uh, Vesta's has announced recently that they will close uh, five of their manufacturing plants in Europe. And then the last point that I wanted to make also is that First Wind, which is a US-based uh, wind company, which was supposed to list a couple of days before um, before the listing of NL Green Power, uh, cancelled their listing at, at the last minute. On that point, whether you thought investors um, who, who were looking at potentially investing in NL Green Power, whether they were looking at this this float being pulled, um, because NL Green Power, they ended up attracting lots of retail interest in there, but not very much institutional or relatively not very much institutional interest. I think that if you look at if you look at NL Green Power as a clean energy company, then and, and you take it as a as a clean energy company without looking at at the different components of what that clean energy is comprised of then you don't necessarily see the the cracks here i mean if you really look at each of the different sectors and wind being uh, the most important one both in terms of current installed capacity but most importantly into the future growth of uh, what the company is uh, saying they're, they're going into then this is where you start processing perhaps the the issues that are underlying here and i'm not sure that perhaps a retail investor is necessarily going to be doing that level of due diligence however perhaps an institutional investor would be very aware of the uh, concerns of over supply that have been going on for about a year now as well as concerns about subsidies which are uh, which are really essential to uh to to the wind to the wind sector on the US, there are some sort of certain tax credits, aren't there, that, that are due for renewal by the end of this year. And I just wondered uh, what you thought the outlook was for that to happen. Well, the production tax credit, which has been a very important supporter to the wind industry in the US, there is a fair amount of uncertainty surrounding this. And I think that perhaps uh, a lot of the main investors, the project developers are sitting on the sidelines currently waiting to find out um, what is going to happen with the, the PTC going forward. Thanks very much. And that's all we have time for today. All that's left is for me to thank Estelle in the studio and Sheila in Houston. Energy Weekly was produced by LJ Filotrani. I'm Sylvia Pfeiffer. Until next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.